You know that stupid overused phrase, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas? Well, this proves that it doesn't stay there because you're listening to what's happening. Good point. Live from the Mobile Veritex Community Bank Studios, located at the Circa Resort and Casino, here are the killer bees nuts, Jeremy Branham and Paul Gazant. <laughs> Paul Gazant. Oh, Paul. B-Mac going with his, uh, his go-to. Go-to nuts. rejoin. Nuts. Bogalon in for Blankers. We're broadcasting live from the Circa Resort Casino in Vegas. If you're headed to Vegas anytime soon, you need to stay here. This place is great. Stadium Swim is awesome. The sports book here is a three-story sports book that's the best sports book in the world. Yes. This is this is the spot in Vegas. I'm telling you. This this spot is great. We're here for the ultimate contest weekend. They have a radio row. Everybody's signing up for the two big contests that Paul and I have been talking about as you know, Circa Million, the Circa Survivor. But even if you're not, we encourage you to play in those because you can be a. We like betting on football. We like winning tons of money, so you should be looking to get into the Circa Million and Circa Survivor. But even if you're just coming to Vegas to hang out, this is the spot to stay. This spot's awesome. It's a really good spot. It is the the crown jewel of Fremont and Old Vegas. It, seriously, it's it's a really nice casino in in, in a lot of different ways because. I, I do think it varies place to place, and I wish that we had something like this that was actually uh, close to us in Houston. It would be nice. It would be nice. Yeah. I don't, know drive. Gonna, I don't know if we're going to get that, but it's it's fun to come to Vegas. And it it's is. It's fun to come here Love to Circa. Here. They've taken care of us, the, the red carpet treatment. It's been great. Happy to be here. We thank them so much. Uh, for allowing us to be here. It's football at four, uh, by the way. It's Texans at four, I mean. Uh, the countdown to kickoff, 11 shows are left until the Houston Texans kick off the season against the Baltimore Ravens. What are the biggest needs you think here, Paul? Because cut day is on August 29th. That's in four days, and you know the Texans have a pretty high waiver claim, things like that. What are the biggest needs for the Texans heading into the uh, opening week of the NFL season, and can they even do anything that would kind of satisfy those needs? Well, receivers. So, in a word, see, I kind of, I kind of think no. they're blocked at receiver. To be honest, right? Like, even if like a decent one comes up, are you going to sign or claim receiver X? Yes. And take over the spot of Xavier Hutchinson, who you kind of believe in as a six rounder. I don't necessarily believe in him. I mean, I've been told like, wow, he's made a couple of flashy plays at camp, but I mean, this wide receiver depth chart is such that anyone with any skill should be able to vault his way into the conversation as one of the guys who's on the field on a regular basis. I I have a general take that we as football fans, no matter what city you're in, whether it's Houston, whether it's San Francisco, whether it's Vegas, whether it's Washington, we overrate late round draft picks like no other. Like we're talking about it now with Xavier Hutchinson. We talked about it last year with like Deculus. We talk about it now with Jared Patterson. It's, it's like, one of the things that makes me lose my mind when I see people that were flipping their uh, boobies yeah. over Nick Casario trading late round draft picks. It's they they are they are legitimately well scratch offs. I mean, if you trade a six round draft pick for a guy you cut the next week, that seems a little incompetent. A six round draft pick, but you cut the guy in the next week. So, like you literally gave away probably, any sort of a lottery. Like you just called it a scratch off. You just tore up that scratch off but, and throw it in the trash. Right. What are you going to get on the scratch off? Two dollars and the ability eh. to buy another scratch off. I mean, Brady went in the sixth. I'd rather have a million to one shot at taking a Tom Brady than cutting the but six the, round. But, like, but you're it, burning the six round draft pick on fire. This is the same kind of logic with like, well, you gotta buy 
a Mega Millions or Powerball ticket do do every that? single time it goes over five hundred million. Yes, but I know Me that. I, but but <laughs> but the logic is not logical. It's you're buying it because you're like, well, I may as well. But it's not like your chances but increase. Paul, would you rather have a six round draft pick or would you rather have a guy that you cut in a week? I don't really care about it. I, I know that's a that's not answering the question. But I think it is. It's answering the question. I, I just, you're I don't, wrong. I just, I just don't, <laughs> I just don't think it's a big deal. I, I think some of the people that were nitpicking Casario over, over that, like again, it's not, it's not great. It's not great. <laughs> I, I, I've done that, but it's I, I such a, it's such, it's such a minor thing. Agreed. It, it is. is you it's know, a minor thing. It's really about like, okay, your your first round picks last year. Mm-hmm. That's what is a reflection of Casario at this point. Derek Stingley did not play well. He's having a good camp. Kenyon Green did not play well at all, and I don't know what to expect out of Kenyon Green this year. No, I I agree that it's that's what you're looking at. It's incredibly minor. But whenever you're making a minor move, do you want to win a minor move or do you want to lose? You a want minor to win move? it, and but that's that's where I'm at. Like, but I think the loses the losses for a minor move like that, I don't think they're a big deal in the grand scheme. Probably of not, because I mean, what's the hit rate on a six rounder? Not, not very high. Like, what's the hit rate on like? That, and that's that's kind of like I'm kind of talking on both sides of my mouth here, if I'm being completely honest. Because you draft Xavier Hutchinson, and mm-hmm. what do you hear about Xavier Hutchinson? Oh, he's one of the greatest receivers in the Big Twelve this last year. <laughs> yeah. He tore up Texas. Yeah, well, he had great numbers. You know what else he was? He's a six round draft yeah, exactly. pick that's probably not going to hit. If, so if you are picking a player round one through four all of those guys should make your roster after that it's really subjective and what is the difference between a fifth sixth seventh round pick and an undrafted free agent i don't think it's that big of a difference i would honestly. agree with that. actually i i don't disagree yeah i, I don't disagree with a whole lot with it, that. i mean obviously you feel more confident in them but at the back of the draft it stops being about like hey consensus draft boards and, and why you're picking guy it becomes you're just taking the guys you like yeah and sometimes you're wrong i mean it's a it's a crapshoot i i am honestly jeremy I, I probably am not harsh enough on guys for their for their drafting because i realize it's so damn hard to find good football players and to understand their work ethic to understand their competitive level when there's so many different conferences and a lot of conferences don't actually play competitively so i i'm very i think forgiving when it comes to drafts yep especially at the back of a draft. I think that it's actually, like, you, you talk about, like, the interest of playing football. I think that's one of the most important things that you can do as, like, a general manager or a draft evaluator is, like, getting to know the player that you're picking. Oh, God, it's because, so hard. look, Jamarcus Russell's the first pick of the NFL draft. We know now that with Jamarcus Russell's work ethic, he was never going to work in the NFL. Johnny Manziel was a first-round draft pick. We know now with Johnny Manziel's work ethic, he was never going to work out. I think the, the biggest thing that a general manager or draft evaluator can do is, quite frankly, figure out if a guy likes football, to be completely honest. Because, look, we can look at a mock draft. and If we had the 18th pick uh-huh. of the NFL draft, we can find five players that are most commonly used in that spot. The best of those five players is probably the guy that wants to play football the most. Yeah. And, and how do you do that? Because if you ask a coach, I think it's probably the, it's probably what, talk, yeah. How many coaches? Tough. How many coaches are going to be honest? I think Nick Saban would be honest with you, but how many coaches are going to be truly honest about the players that are in their program and say like, "Hey, yeah, this guy hates it." Probably a select few, right? There's probably there's there's a, like a Saban would, like Kelvin Sampson absolutely would. Mm-hmm. Kelvin Sampson would to the media, like he's he's as truthful as it comes, like paint like brutally honest. So some coaches would, but you're right. There's the other ninety percent, ninety five percent that don't want because they don't they don't care about pleasing general manager for the Atlanta Falcons. Right. They want to put that they had a first round draft pick in the NFL so they can pitch that to recruits. Exactly, and and also the two they're they're if a player doesn't love it, it in a way becomes a reflection on that coach. Yep. It's like, did that coach make him hate football? Yeah, <laughs> or something like that. He didn't that. coach him up. He didn't right, bring the best right. out of him. Yeah, it is it's uh, it's tough. The receiver spot though is like, 
I kind of feel like what you have is what you have. Yeah, it, it, it is. I, I, I don't think you're going to find anyone that's of consequence. Who was the guy last year that some of these bozos on Texans Twitter were, were, were absolute, had massive pants tents over? Um, they, they had him on the roster? He got cut they... by the Bucks and, and, and the Texans had a high waiver claim, and, the, and, the, and they picked him up. And, and they didn't even – I don't even I don't even know if he made it. Oh, uh, like, I know you're talking season. about. Exactly. See, we're name. forgetting about the guy's name. You're probably right in that. A receiver that's going to become available at this point, is probably not someone that's going to help him out. But I do think that if there's a spot that I would like to add to, it's there. Tyler um, Johnson. Tyler Johnson, that was it. Tyler Johnson. Yeah, they thought he was going to come in and be like wide receiver three. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, he, played, he might have played three snaps. Um, Although he might have had more success with the Texans than Spencer Tillman did in his NFL career. <laughs> Here it comes. <laughs> coming back to that again. Uh, as far as other positions I would add to, um, so uh, I, I know that they added that guy from um, uh, on the offensive line. Yeah, Josh Jones. Josh Jones. I, I wonder what that says about George Fant. I, I guess Titus Howard was at practice today, and he had a cast on his hand. He was dressed uh, as far as his participation. I, I don't think it was uh, intensive, if you will. I can't imagine him playing week one. Like, there's been talks that he might try now. to get back in week one. Is he going to play with a cast? You can play with a cast. For an as an offensive lineman. lineman? Yeah, you can play. I mean, it's I not great. Like, I don't like that. I'd rather. Well, who does? But, I mean, like, if, if you're. It's, we're talking about, what, a broken finger here? Broken hand? Yeah. I mean,. Just throw that thing out there. You want Titus Howard with a broken hand and a cast, or do you want Josh Jones uh, for what, one game? What am I? What am I paying Titus Howard for? <laughs> I don't know if I like a guy that's playing with a cast on my offensive line. Oh, for, forget like, about grab the guy. Forget about the problematic nature of this. The uh, what's interesting? I, I did one of those nerdy fifty-three man rosters, and one of the th- I did it before they traded for Josh Jones, and I actually left the spot blank for the offensive line for the best tackle available after their cut. Like, what the Texans had, like, even with Fant, and I, I haven't, I, I don't really like Fant. I don't think Fant's been very good. I like Fant as a person. I played him in NBA 2K once when really? he was in Seattle. Yes. Yes. Like, as a radio bit? Or yeah, as, it was a radio bit. It was the oh, first. Was the first. Did you win? Remember the Seahawks I ever interviewed? I don't think I did. No. Yeah, he be, he I'm not smoked very, you, huh? I'm not, very, I'm not very good at NBA 2K. Like, the Texans have a bunch of interior offensive linemen already on this roster. Mm-hmm. Like, they could, even with Fant, they could use a fourth tackle. So, like, I, I agree with you that this isn't a great, like, trading for Josh Jones, I think, probably tells you that they don't like what they've seen from Fant. Yes. Although I think Fant and Jones both make, both make the roster. And I, I think that it might be a tell, too, that Titus Howard's not ready for week one. And that's not great. And Josh Jones can also play multiple spots on the line. Like, he's not only a swing tackle. Like, he played some right guard last year, so they might actually see him as a, a guy who can play four positions. Yeah, you know what? Good point. And, and sorry we're getting su- super intense with the offensive line talk, <laughs> but I, I, I don't know who really are their backup interior offensive linemen at this moment like in time. Dider especially and... with Scott, Scott Questenberry being done for the year, yeah. right? I mean, it's like rookie Juice Scruggs, Kenyon Green, and, okay, cool, Shaq Mason, but, I have, yeah, I don't know who any of the guys are behind him. And that's not necessarily – I mean, part of that is, like, I'm just not setting the Texans roster the way I used to when I used to be at the, as you call it, highway to hell. Highway to hell. Yeah, when I – you know, when it, when it was just talk about the Texans. And the Texans on Texans Live and Texans Radio with the Texans and Clay Walker and <laughs> Texans Live. Rock and roll. Rock and roll. I love Mark. You got – me too. You got a lot of those guys to yell at you, though, which was fun. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Put my love, put me down, <laughs> and I've been afraid of changes. 713-780-ESPN. C.J. Stroud, QB1. There's reports that the Texans are going to name C.J. Stroud their starter. Shocking. Don't do it. Shocking that they're going to do that. Case Keenum. How about the media-driven BS that is? 
the whole C.J. Stroud QB1 <laughs> thing. 713-780-ESPN. Killer Bees broadcasting live from Circa in Vegas on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. You know that stupid, overused phrase, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas? Well, this proves that it doesn't stay there because you're listening to what's happening. Good point. Live from the Mobile Veritex Community Bank Studios, located at the Circa Resort and Casino. Here are the killer bees nuts, Jeremy Branham and Paul Gallant. I like when Spencer goes, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Kuglay says, hey, Spencer, come up with some new stuff. I couldn't. What a, it's well said, Kuglay. Go, Kuglay. Well said, Kuglay. He needs to come up with some new stuff. I'd say BMAC play some new stuff. Yeah, we're not going to peel back the curtain that far. We can't tell everybody how this, people don't care how the sausage is made. I do. Paul Golan is. I want to know what's in the sausage. Please don't isolate that. <laughs> I think you want it to be isolated. Maybe like I do. Maybe you I, I don't. Because you said it twice, Listen. and then you immediately say, "Don't isolate it." I, Sometimes I think that you, you need to speak it. in code. I'm, I see right through you. My listen. I well, see right through you. Many would say my listeners do too, <laughs> especially the Twitchers, right? <laughs> Twitch.tv/slash/ESPN975. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. How about this CJ Stroud QB one media driven so dumb? Stuff? He's I, the starting quarterback. <laughs> Just give it up. It's over, and you don't need to have the announcement. I love how people are – I mean, we talked about this a little bit yesterday. But I love how people still ask him in the press conference, who's starting this week? Who's going to go out first? Because they want to gonna... isolate that video, Jeremy, or uh, quote, and be the person <laughs> to tweet it out and see, like, I was the one who got to me going to I crack. was first. I was the journalist who broke down the door as I laid siege to him in a press conference to understand <laughs> the truth about your Houston Texans. And that's why you should trust <laughs> me and an independent journalist. <laughs> I don't think it would come from an independent journalist. I think it would come from... Well, yeah, one of the minions, I hope probably. it comes. I hope it comes from 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 the propagandists and such. I bet you it comes from a national guy. I know. I think the Texans favor the national guys over the local guys. I don't know if they favor anybody anymore. I don't know. You have D'Amico going on like uh, McAfee all the time. Well, well, well hang have, on, hang on though. You have Will Anderson going on with Chris Long's podcast. No, think about it from this perspective. Okay. No one had an effing clue who they were taking in the draft. No one had a clue. They this, didn't, yeah, there yeah, are. Yeah. This is. This is. I will give them credit because in years past, why did John McClain always have stories? Why did Mark Berman always know what was going on? Now they've been here a long time, but clearly people in the organization felt comfortable enough to share things with them. And now we're at the point where you take a look at a, the average Texans beat reporter. Yeah. Who of them actually has insight with players? Okay. But with people that are in the know, we're talking D'Amico, we're talking Nick Casario, hell, we're talking, to an extent, the McNairs. It is a much tighter ship than it has been in years past. I do think that is a reflection of a good organization. I do think that there's always an element of over-the-top paranoia, which is part of this whole, though, Texans aren't announcing who the starting quarterback is. Sure. But I like that they are a team that does not have any snitches anymore. I think that I agree with that. I mean, more from like we're gonna give make this guy available type of thing. Like mm-hmm. they're gonna make their guys available more to national media. I don't think that they're leaking things anymore. I don't think Casario and his crew leaks. I don't think D'Amico's gonna leak because mm-hmm. no one in Houston has that. I, I still think the McNair's leak though, and I still think the McNair's leak to to uh, to to McLean, Quite honestly, but I think those are. 
big picture organization things. Sure, like jerseys and colors. And, right, and, yeah. and I mean how I mean I know Cal I was doing a tell, rated AMA, but yeah. um, I don't think they tell Cal player moves. Like I, I think that Cal had an idea that they wanted. To, there was potential that they could move up, potential that they could trade down. But I don't think they even let Cal in the loop on what exactly was happening until it was done. And honestly, isn't that for the best? Yes. I mean, look at that. I mean, yes. Jim Irsay's fun at the very least. But you don't I think mean, Cal's fun? Cool cat Cal? With his they little, are doing quite the his aviator quite the attempt to rehabilitate the man's mustache. image. I, I, I think that some people go a little bit too hard on Cal. I honestly do. Um, I think Hannah McNair has done a wonderful job. Clearly, she is more involved with the organization than she's been in years past. Um but as as far as that whole deal, it has been very amusing to see just the lengths that they have gone to rehabilitate his image. They had this weird post where it was Cal and Hannah McNair like walking out into some sort of like wrestling ring. Yeah, that and was like, whenever Raw was here. You know what I found interesting about that? They though? posted it yesterday again, yeah. and I was like, "What is? Wait, did they just stage this for for yeah, announcing Cal McNair is going on Texans Reddit?" Do you know what was weird about that though? You what? know what I noticed about that? <laughs> they introduced Cal and Hannah as owners of the team. Oh. I thought that was a little f- – because like, Cal and Hannah probably had to sign off on what they were saying. Mm-hmm. And they're like, hey, we're going to announce you as owners of the team. And they're like, yeah, that's fine, whatever. No yeah. big deal there. I thought that was interesting. But, I mean, everyone says that they're the owners of the I know team. that. They don't say Janice is. Yeah, but it's one thing for us to call them the owners of the team. It's one thing for Cal and Hannah to be like, yeah, call us owners of the team. But they, but they clearly are, right? <sighs> I mean – Maybe maybe I'm being way too technical and way too nitpicky on this. Because, yes, I mean, Cal is going to own the Texans at some point. Well, I mean. But they currently do belong to. Who, who, who ran Westeros? Was it was it Tywin Lannister or was it Joffrey Baratheon? Yeah, Game of Thrones. Get out of here. You watch Vanderpump Rules. Vanderpump Rules is real. Game of Thrones has dragons He's flying through the air spitting fire at people. Is it real? Uh, 10%. <laughs> yeah. You know, when we really think about it, Jeremy. <laughs> that was a great company. It is a, it is a Friday, you know, at, uh, <laughs> what, 4, uh, four fifteen Central Time. What is real? Is anything real? It's a Here great question. Dude, where's your, where's your tinfoil hat? I don't know, where's but I need another, cap? clearly I need another beverage. Here, what, what was the, um, what were you telling me the other day about the Will Anderson, Jalen Carter okay. saga? So, Who's going to be better type of deal? So I'm curious just because Jalen Carter's having an awesome training camp, and he's played well in the preseason, too, for Philadelphia, and he's in a really good spot in Philadelphia. I mean, obviously, they're the defending NFC champions. They had a really good chance at winning the Super Bowl last year. They have incredible defensive linemen around him. They have a pretty good defense, secondary, defensive line. Uh, they got a lot of names. Yeah. So Jalen Carter is a guy that obviously has a lot of questions about him and maybe the off-the-field side of things, but... Many people thought he was the best prospect in all of this year's draft. Sure. And I think a lot of people in Philadelphia are seeing that. I think Darius Slay described him as a rhino in practice, <laughs> a baby rhino. Like, he's, he's shoving people around. And I like what I've seen from Will Anderson a lot. I know that you, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing a bit, but I know that you aren't going gangbusters over him blasting through an all, a running back yeah. to make a sack. I think we overrated Will Anderson's performance in week two of the preseason. Uh, the, the I think that's fair. I running think... through a running back and then getting to the running back whenever everybody thought that it was a, a false start. I, 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 I think that's a fair point. I thought the refs were rather shaky in that game because you also had that delay of game. That What the hell was that? Like the first play of the Dolphins' second drive? It felt like that yeah. should have been something a delay or a false start or something happened and Will Anderson... Uh, and and the defense just blasted through and, and hit. Yeah, the hit. offense didn't move other than the center. I think 
with Will Anderson, what you have seen thus far, though, as a whole, an incredible first step, underrated power considering his size. And I, I think that much like we will be comparing C.J. Stroud to Anthony Richardson, who I watched the tape of him last night, mixed bag, he is not going to be easy to sack, and he is very good with his feet, a little inaccuracy. Like we're going to be carrying, comparing C.J. Stroud to Bryce Young. Little inaccuracy is being kind. Yeah, it was. Uh, I think some people, though, are getting a little bit too excited about his struggles, thinking that means he's going to be bad. Um, and then I would say with Bryce Young, Bryce Young also looks like he's going to be difficult to sack, but I also feel like he's going to be a guy that gets hurt. We're going to be comparing those two guys to C.J. Stroud for the rest of time. I think we're going to be doing the same thing with Jalen Carter and Will Anderson. And I think from, from what we have seen thus far in camp, I still think it is a totally fair question to ask, even with all the off-the-field stuff and even thinking about what the Texans say about how they don't want to bring in guys who are like bad character guys or whatever. I think that it is a legitimate question to ask if it would have been a better idea to take Jalen Carter over Will Anderson because I think that Jalen Carter defensively would have answered more questions for the Texans than, than Anderson can because Anderson's on the edge and, and, and Carter's on the inside. I mean, your defensive tackles are better than your edge guys, though, whenever you drafted them. Like, you had Sheldon Rankins, you had Malik Collins. That was better than a Grenard, Jacob Martin, Jerry Hughes situation. No doubt. But, I mean, you can find at the top of the draft. I mean, if you get an incredible defensive tackle like an Aaron Donald, like your whole defense is practically set. Right. Well, like, and J.J. Watt was a defensive end, but, I mean, kind of plays it like, in that 3-4 defense was playing it like a defensive tackle with a 3 technique, blah, blah, blah. I'm getting into boring lingo. <laughs> um, when, when, you, when we look back at it, I'm curious as to who we're going to say was the better player. I, think be I, I like what we've seen from Anderson thus far. Yeah, I think those will be the two best defensive players in 2023, right? Like when we look back at the draft class of 23, and there's other guys, like the, the dude from the, the Jets has been uh, somebody who's excited some people. Oh, oh Mr. Earring. Yeah. Mr. Earring. You watch Hard Knocks? Lucas Van Ness will be somebody we look back as like a sack guy. How many sacks yeah. is he getting? But I think it's fair to say McDonald. that Anderson and, J- Anderson and Jalen Carter are the, the two favorites for defensive rookie of the year. Yeah, the they NFL. should be. And, and, and they've even, had a, they're off to a good start. They're both even, off to a good start. And even in pre-draft, like, those were the two best players. It's like yeah. who's, who's going to be the first defensive player off the board, Anderson and Jalen Carter. So I think we will compare careers. But for me, Jalen Carter was never on the draft board for the Houston Texans. I, I, I agree, but I don't think that's right. Because I think that with everything that we hear from D'Amico about how D'Amico wants to be a leader of men yeah. and all, of, and like not just on the field, off the field, I think it could have worked for Carter here. Yeah. I, I, I don't know it would have been a layup. I, I think some of, the, some of the stories that came out about his involvement in that um, street racing gone horribly wrong situation. Well, I mean, it was. I mean, you know, like people were drinking. I, you you got to wonder. You got to wonder about what was going on, and, and some of the. I don't like that he left the scene. Exactly, to be so, and some some of the stories about Carter right after the fact, in the moment. Again, he's like he's a kid. How would you react if you're in that situation? If you put yourself in that situation, um, so like that's, those are always going to be questions. But if if D'Amico is talking about himself as a guy that's just more than a football coach, I do think it could have worked here theoretically, and 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 that's something I think we will be looking at because I know there's a lot of people out there that. Have always said like, the Texans oh, they always they always go with Boy Scouts. I'm actually happy that they've always gone with Boy Scouts. I don't want to have some douchebag like Antonio Brown or some of these other NFL a holes. How about Jamarcus Russell? I mean, right. I, I'm in the the gap. If the Texans were to go Carter over Anderson way back when, the gap would have to be incredibly significant. Like if Will Anderson yeah. and Jalen Carter are on the same tier, even if you have Carter slightly ahead of Anderson, like Anderson is the pick because of the other stuff. Anderson's. Exactly as you said. Anderson, as a leader, is what excites you, too. 
like that's the that's the bonus because you're looking for somebody defensively to I think be the backbone of this franchise. Yeah, seven one another Star Wars show. I don't know some some ad on Twitch. I don't know why I opened the Twitch tab. I never do that. I'm sure <laughs> this one won't be disappointing too. Like. I see, you like was. Star Wars, too? I love Star Wars. Uh, you like fake stuff. I can't Star do, Wars I can't is do Star way Wars. more real than effing Vanderpump rules. No, it's not. Vanderpump has a couple of uh, bars here that I might go to later. 713 <laughs> the girls from that show going to be here? Paul, have you ever played Who Said It? I have played Who Said It. I don't know what we're going to do with Who Said It. I want to be on it. Yeah. I, I want to be on Who Said It and not remember what I said because that's definitely possible <laughs> because I don't remember half of the stuff I say. I wonder who it, who said it's going to be about. But Paul will play Who Said It. We'll play Let's Who go. Said It. Everybody's favorite game. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5. I want to know what's in the sausage. ESPN 97.5 on Twitch. We control the spice. The worm is the spice. The spice is the worm. It's now time for the mega producer Joe George to do what he does best, and that's stumping. No one can stump the best stumper in Stumpville, and that's Stumpy Joe. Stumpy Joe. What happened to Stumpy Joe? The official explanation was he choked on vomit. Today, Stumpy Joe will try to stump the killer bees with Who Said It? Let the stumping begin. Let's get stumped. Time for Who Said It, everybody's favorite game. No Joe George uh, today. Joe George uh, not in. Be back uh, behind the glasses at Gal Media. He's going to uh, be steering the ship today. Be back. what do we need to know since uh, Paul's filling in for blankers? Yes. Use Paul? Like, what, what are the details here this week? No, I, uh, there's no Paul in here. I, I, I actually liked Paul's yeah. idea, but it was too late to change it. That would have been funny if I could have got him on something he said earlier in the week. Uh, right, but everyone else is... Is on the table. Uh, you, Jeremy, are off limits, and Paul's off limits. But anyone else who spoke on the show in our regular lineup, uh, starting with Monday, is is available. So okay. Joel, Barry, are they? Yeah, available? Joel, Barry, uh, on the Sean Paul Gallant show, they're all available. On the, on the too. Those guys on the again Paul Gallant show. Yes, yeah, they're available. Okay, I just wanted to make sure that it was on the Paul Gallant show. Are you just trying to like cheap plugs here? What are you, what's going on? No, they 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 were they were calling it the usual suspects. I'm sorry. Oh, were they? That was, was the Paul Gallant show. There was a bit show. of a hostile takeover. Uh, and I I, I noticed uh, certain people liking posts saying that oh finally good radio in the ten o'clock hour. And you think I'm not that petty? I damn right am that petty. Watch your likes, bitch. <laughs> All right, what we got for us here, BMAC? What is uh, quote number one here? Uh, number one, peeing in the shower is kind of an American tradition, but deuce in the shower? You're a dirty animal, and you need to, there should be some form of punishment. Hmm. Who is willing to talk about pooping in the shower? Barry Lance. Well, maybe PC? Now listen, okay. I don't want to sound insensitive, uh, but uh, here I go being insensitive. I can, see, I can see John talking about that. I can see John talking about deuces, like news of the weird type of stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. I feel like that could be a news of the weird question. Okay. Or, or, or maybe, maybe we're maybe we're going a little bit further than that. Um. Okay, we'll put Granado on the table. One of those four guys. Granado, Lance. I think it's got to be Barry, though. I think it could be Barry. If we're, if we're talking about Pooh, we've got to be talking about Barry. 
You want to go with Barry? <laughs> I feel like of all the people that are on the station currently, the guy who is a stand-up comic is going to be the one willing to talk about poop. Yeah, I think so, too. All right, <laughs> I would, too, as well. So shout out to Barry. <laughs> let's go with Barry, B-Mac. Yeah, in the shower is kind of an American tradition. Oh, those lands. Yeah, but deuce in the shower you no. You're a dirty Funny animal, stuff. and you need to... I wonder what they were talking about. To talk about deucing it, in the it, shower. It was from News of the Weird. It was from News of the Weird. Okay. Can, yeah, can apparently I? There was a, there, apparently there was a husband that got really mad at his wife for peeing in the shower, and then the conversation okay. went from there. Oh, oh really? Uh, you know what? I actually remembered hearing that. I did not remember hearing the deuce in the shower thing. You know what's funny? At my gym, 24-hour fitness on San Felipe, there are multiple signs in the bathroom that say, please do not defecate in the shower. And I'm can, like, I can oh see why. My God! It so says that also, means there had to be a there had to be a problem at some yeah. point. Please defecate in the toilets, and I want to know who's effing that up. That seems like a doesn't seem productive either. You know, in certain parts of the world, the toilets are a little different, and some people in certain parts of the world, like twenty four hours in San Felipe. Oh no! I, I not, well, I guess there too, but in certain parts of the world. The toilets are different, and there there are certain countries where they hover to, to go twosies. Oh, oh, I did know that. Yeah, yeah I did know that. Yeah, and I'm, and I'm wondering if the, if it's people. I, mean, I hate to be hate to be a xenophobe here, but I mean, I'm guessing the people are from those places <laughs> at right. my gym that are doing what? 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 Who else would be doing it? I don't know. I have no idea. There's got to be just, someone where it was culturally fine. To I do think you it. were just flexing that you have a gym that you work out at. Well, yeah. Quote two. All right. Question number two. Fromber shouldn't need Martin Maldonado to go calm down, uh, calm him down on the mound because you know you're a veteran. Stop acting like a damn rookie. Mm. I think it's PC. Yeah, that's Patrick. Kind of like his cadence. It's kind of like you know, like you know, he, he kind of like it's like his a sarcasm there a little it's bit. A little hardo. And I know, I know for a fact he does not like Maldonado. He's very Our fearsome leader, how dare he? Yeah, I, you want to go PC? Any, they were any, 2-0 and after that team meeting until they were 0-2. They were 2-0 until now they were 0 he's going to do another one. Any objection to PC? No, that's PC. All right, PC. Bromber shouldn't need there we go. Martin Maldonado to go calm him down on the mound because, you know, you're you know. a veteran. Stop acting like a damn <laughs> you, you know, Good catch. That's, Good catch. That's what, that's, what, <laughs> that's what did it to me. All right, number three, BMAC. All right, number three. Well, you, uh, hold on. Let's let's make sure Paul doesn't need to talk about or blame any foreigners before we move on to the next. Well, let's. One. <laughs> okay, good. It's better than talking about uh, waffle stuff against the Twitchers are bringing up. All right, number three. Is <laughs> waffle there... stopping. All right, number three. Is there any movie Michael Sarah is bad in? I think Michael Sarah is a great actor. Michael Sarah is a great actor. Mm, that's a terrible take. I think he's very it, mediocre. What's what's the best thing in Michael? Was Sarah's Josh Beard in? subbing in? I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's something I feel like Josh would say. <laughs> what's the best thing that Michael Sarah's in? Hmm. Arrested Development. Facts. Oh, that's where I was going. Arrested Development. Uh, super bad. I, I don't know. Arrested Development's pretty good. I like Arrested Development, but the last season, the the the, the revival, if you will, I didn't like the revival that much. Okay. Yeah, I didn't really. I didn't like the revival. I did at like all, the first actually. two seasons. I don't though. like the revival at all. Who knows who Michael Sarah is? Like, I think we can eliminate the bench, <laughs> right? I, I I think Lance has watched Arrested Development. So you think Lance might know who Michael Sarah is? But does does Lance think Michael Sarah is good? Uh, that's a good point. How about Dell? 
Dell's usually not we super have the positive interlude. about anybody. Yeah, Dell Del saying he likes Michael Sarah of all people. No, I don't think he's gonna. Yeah. Make the, I don't think he's gonna make it. Then let's see, Joel. I don't think Joel. No, Joel doesn't watch television. He watched like three thousand pound sisters or whatever. Ugh. I don't think Barry would. I don't think Barry would think Michael Sarah is a good actor. Like Barry appreciates good comedy. Sarah's just kind of blah. Like he's not super funny. This is a tough one. I, I have a hard time. Coming up with anybody who would say Michael Sarah is a pretty good actor. I'm going to say Barry. Do you think it's Barry? Yeah. Do you think Barry would think Sarah's a pretty good actor? I, I I don't think Sarah's a bad actor, but I don't go out of my way to watch Michael Sarah movies. I feel like, okay, here's, here's the barometer here. Who would watch Scott Pilgrim Against the World? Because that's a Michael Sarah movie, right? I've never seen I, it. I don't, I've never heard of that movie. It's very hipster. It's probably Barry then. I think it's Barry. All right. Let's go with Barry Lamanek. BMAC. Is there any movie Michael Sarah is bad in? Wow. I think Michael Sarah is a great actor. Great? He said great actor? Michael Sarah. I'm surprised Granado even knows who Michael Sarah is. I I actually am as well. And he said he was a great actor. Damn. I'll just say I was as surprised as you guys when I heard that. So that was question three? That was question three. Yeah, you're uh, you're one and two. two so far. All right, right, question number four, and this is uh, not Paul, but it's talking about Paul. Quote, he's got the eyebrows of a seven-year-old man. He looks like that dude on uh, 60 Minutes. Paul's a handsome man, but he's got some Andy Rooney's above the eyes. (laughs) Some Andy Rooney's above the eyes? (laughs) That's funny. I got to sculpt them, too. You know, I got to tweeze the uni. Yeah. It's the Gallant family curse. The men, the, the women have it. Um, and I sculpt them. These these could be worse. <laughs> um, that's that's funny. Hmm. I think I've, this I've is, said Barry too many times. I think, I think this is Barry. I feel like I'm projecting. No, I think this is Barry because a lot of people have had the opportunity to say this about you. Is Andy Rooney a dated reference though? Yeah, Barry's pretty well versed. Yeah. Uh, See, here's the thing. Like, I miss Andy Rooney. Those were funny. Those, like, the, the grind my gears <laughs> at the end of 60 minutes. Like, well, what's the deal with 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 the tape cassette? <laughs> that guy is something else. I think he's dead. Is R-A-D. he? Yeah, I think I he yeah, he's but I enjoyed dead. him. I think it's Barry because I think everybody else would have already had the opportunity yeah. to say this. And as you mentioned earlier, Barry was filling in for the Paul Galan show. I think the, it's Barry for the sake of being different. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say, f it. No, let's go, Barry. Are we doing it as a team today? I'm pretty confident it's Barry. All right. All right. right. We always do it as a team. Oh, I thought it was, like, competitive. Okay. Yeah. Maybe way back in the day. Let's go Barry. 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 He's got the eyebrows of a 70-year-old man. He looks like that dude on uh, 60 Minutes. (laughs) That's a handsome man. But he's got some Andy Rooney's above like See, you got the important thing. He checked off that he's handsome. <laughs> That's just so he could rip you. Like, he was no, like, no. it's like one of those. No, but he, understa- he, understa- he understands me. Like, I could take a joke, but, like, please tell me I'm <laughs> only, it's only like the if bless you your handsome first. Yes. It's like yeah. the bless your heart. Yeah. You can say whatever you want about somebody as long as you say bless their heart at the end. You're an ugly man. <laughs> yeah. bless, your, bless your heart. Oh, I fit, it's the I, same thing. I fit right in in the South because I I agree with that. As long, <laughs> as, long as you say bless your heart, you can yeah. tell someone they're some bitch. Exactly. That's what he did. His, his bless your heart was Paul's a handsome man. All right, this is a big one. This is the rubber question okay. here, Mac. All right, last one. Is this one. a duo? Uh, no, this is this is a solo. Okay. All right, question number five, or uh, quote number five. You can't hold off having sex that you need to do it at Disney on a ride? That is something where there's, uh, I won't say bench. perversion, because let's not keep shame, but that is something you want to do. You can't hold off having sex at Disneyland? You think it's on the bench? You think it's Dell, Lance? I think it's 
I, I, I know it's the bench. I don't know who on the bench. Huh. But Granado, kink shame. It feels like you've heard it. It feels like you've heard it. I know, and I don't remember who said it. But if you heard it, it probably wasn't Del then. I don't think it was Del. I feel like I feel like Lance would ask that question because I don't think Granada would kink shame somebody. You know, you yeah. Gotta you got you got to bang on a on a roller coaster. You got to bang on a roller coaster. Plus, Lance gets kind of hot takey about very trivial things. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm feeling Lance over Granada. Yeah, I, I, I don't. And, and whoever this is, I don't like you repressing sexuality. It's 2023. If someone wants to bang on a roller coaster, let them bang on a roller coaster. Well, let's see if it's Lance Erline. You can't yeah. hold off having sex. Oh, you need to do it at Disney on a ride. Dang. That is something where there's a. I'm I'm Dell. I don't like having sex. Hey, we if you have sex before marriage, I'm Dell, and I say you can't. We were so close. Puritan Dell. That's we gonna so be the close. first losing week in two months. Uh, probably a month. Yeah, probably yeah. a month. We we had one. I think three. Are we only blaming Paul for this? Yeah, I think we have to. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I think we have to blame Paul. It's on me. We to have quote, no other choice. To quote Bill O'Brien first, but now most recently, D'Amico Ryan's. It's on me. D'Amico said that after the preseason game. It's on me. I noticed that. I, noticed I, I saw that. that, and I was like, God, don't, please, don't do it. Don't as, do that. As long as you're not asking the city to thank you. <laughs> I'd, rather have a, I'd rather have a coach. Honestly, I like that Dusty's asking the city to thank him. No, Dusty is, Dusty is the coolest mother bleeper alive, and y'all just haters. <laughs> You've been in the high five. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> to agree. I'm going to agree with frequent caller Gary here. Yeah, y'all racist <laughs> if you don't think Dusty's the coolest man alive. Four years ago yesterday, Andrew Luck retired. One of the more oh. stunning things that has happened in sports. Suck what are the most stunning things that you remember that happened in sports? It left you speechless. 713-780-ESPN. HRP listener line. Killer Bees with Paul Gallant from Circus Sports in Vegas on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Coming to you live from Las Vegas in the Mobile Veritex Community Bank Studios, located at the Circa Resort and Casino. Here are your hosts, Jeremy Branham and Paul Gallant. I feel like all we're missing is Lizzo. I feel like Lizzo is here. Spencer might have gotten one right. No fatty boom baddies here. Spencer almost got one right. We are in Vegas. We don't want no fatties here. <laughs> Fat shaming fatties. The irony. I'm so positive for women's empowerment. So are you pro or anti-body shaming? Pro. If you're, if you're an athlete, be in shape. Okay. Is Lizzo an athlete? <laughs> she claims to be. Does her, she? She had a television show. I thought she dated a Minnesota Viking. Jeremy, get this. This lady <laughs> had a television show where she was like, hey, you can be a dancer if you're a big woman. Which, sure, you can for a time. <laughs> because you know what's hard to do when you're big? Anything that involves stamina. Endurance. So there's a television show called Watch Out for the Big Girls. And this is why Lizzo is like under this. fire right now. No, no, I haven't watched it. I would never. Because, again, your boy horny, and he ain't watching that. <laughs> Whatever. You know, I, I, insert all the jokes. All I'm saying is this television show was about large lady dancers. Okay. And imagine how rigorous this show would have been. It's a competition. And imagine how able to do this competition you are when you're big. And you might be able to dance, but again, we're talking about body positivity. Are we really being truthful saying that the lady who is maybe in the best shape of all these large women is probably the one who would win? How do you know so much about this show? 
Uh, I listened to the Tim Dillon show, which is a wonderful show. Great stand-up comic. So he he went on and on about this. I've I've I know way too much about this entirely through Tim Dillon. Yes. <laughs> Four years ago today, Andrew Luck retired. One of the more stunning sports things that's happened. Yes, it in, was. in recent memory. What are the most stunning things that you remember happening in sports? Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Hmm. I think of upsets. Like, the upsets to me are the stunning things. Well, like, Andrew yeah. Luck retiring, stunning. Barry Sanders retiring, I thought was stunning because he still had, like, years left and he mm-hmm. could have chased the record, right? Barry Calvin Sanders Johnson. retiring led to, on a show that I was on, not just my producer, Sean Mapes, but DJ Bienname entertaining the idea that Ed Reed is the better number 20 in NFL history oh, than Barry Sanders. Gosh. I know. And then they both said that, what are you, 34, 47, and I wanted to die. How would Ed Reed be better than Barry Sanders? Definitely not his time in Houston. Ed Reed's probably the best safety of the modern NFL era. But Barry Sanders is Barry Sanders. Barry Sanders was a running back Plus you, in you the pro- 90s. You propel Icon. skill players. You propel skill players more than you propel I agree. Listen, safeties in I, the NFL. Ed Reed sucked with the Texans. And he was that's awful. going to that's going to shadow all of our takes on Ed Reed. But uh Barry Sanders retiring is not Andrew Luck level. Like Barry it Sanders, was, you kind of get it, right? You, and especially now with with a bit of hindsight, like a running back retiring early, you totally get it. Um, I mean, if you talk about upsets, I mean, I, I will. I can't believe oh. I still can't get over Super Bowl Forty Two. I never will. Uh, David Tyree for the Giants catching that catch uh, in front of Rodney Harrison, a play after Asante Samuel dropped the game-winning interception. It still flashes in my mind. As, as a spoiled sports fan who has seen his favorite team win the Super Bowl six times, that is something I remember more than any of those six wins. Being at Syracuse University and walking around in a Patriots coat and having not just Giants fans, <laughs> but effing coat. Eagles. Well, that's the only coat I had. <laughs> and having Eagles fans, those dumbasses talking trash to me. My God. Like, oh, we signed Asante Samuel. Lose another Super Bowl. Go ahead. Lose another Super Bowl. <laughs> These are the same people who thought that the Phillies had a chance to win the World Series when they started paying attention to baseball in September. Whatever. Um, yeah. One two four eight says the uh, the Kobe forty two chopper ca- crash. That was pretty stunning. That might actually trump everything else. I was connecting in L.A. when that happened, and I remember we were on a plane. I was leaving a bachelor party from Miami. We connected in L.A. and people found out about it. And I was like, wow. But people were hysterical. Yep. Hysterical. I was, uh, I was calling a U of H game. And, like, and normally, like, a very, like, you know, a lot of excitement, a lot of buzz inside the venue. I saw people, like, crying. Yeah. And I'm like, what is going on? And then I, like, pulled up Twitter and it's like, oh, that's what's nuts. going on. Yeah, that was, that was very sub-real. Like, I mean, su- that was like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Surreal. That was a very uh, surreal it, moment. It was, it was weird, too, because I think we all have different – Memories. I know they're the Kobe stands who are a little psychotic with their love of Kobe because obviously he did something pretty horrible in the early 2000s that a lot of, but it did seem like he had become a better man through yeah. that. So I, I, I remember being feeling pretty emotional when that happened. And I was like, I don't know why I feel like this. Yeah, so that's stunning. probably the, that's got to be close to the top. There's probably been other ones too. Like, um, there's been other athletes who have died, but not like in our generation, not like recently. Like uh, yeah. Hudson. Like there's Roy Halladay in the plane crash. Yeah, the thing with, 
yeah, I mean, I guess Kobe was post career too. Like yeah. Roy Halladay was also post career, but Kobe was just more popular. It's probably why you like gravitate to Kobe versus you gravitate to like Roy Halladay. Yeah, uh, five uh, six zero eight at the D Hop for David Johnson trade. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I would say that entire two year stretch. What was stunning after all the dumbass things they did? Because <laughs> I mean, good God, it was like they were one upping themselves. I wasn't. A while. I wasn't stunned that they traded Hopkins. Honestly, like, no. I, I could, I because that was also the time. Like, remember, Diggs got traded earlier that offseason. Mm-hmm. Like, that was the time where you're like, okay, we're not going to pay receivers that are going to be in their 30s. Let's get a first rounder for them, and it worked out for Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Like, Minnesota traded Stephon Diggs the same way that the Houston Texans traded DeAndre Hopkins, but the Vikings got a first rounder that they didn't used on Justin Jefferson. Yeah. Whereas the Houston Texans got like a second rounder they flipped for Brandon Cooks mm-hmm. and then David Johnson. So I wasn't stunned with the Hopkins trade. I was more stunned with the very low ball return for DeAndre Hopkins. I'm really I'm trying to think of something that's on the same level as luck, just abruptly retiring. The retirement is hard. Preseason retirement is hard. Like somebody texted in. This is one that I thought of earlier too. Tyson losing to Buster Douglas. Like Tyson was this. That would have been one. Yes. Boxing dynasty. No one can beat him. He's the greatest of all time. That's the only time Buster Douglas ever won anything, right? The only title he ever won. Like Buster Douglas was always kind of like an underachieving. Like he had tons of talent never really met his talent and then for one camp he like put everything together and then Tyson also had everything going against him yeah and I think if I was in Japan so it happened like in the middle of the night and I remember waking up and hearing that Tyson lost to Buster Douglas I was like what I what I don't I don't I don't know how old I was when that happened um I do remember I mean I didn't follow boxing because I was like six five whatever age I was uh Mike Tyson biting Evander Holyfield's ear yeah. is that more shocking than losing to Buster Douglas? I don't think he so. He bit his ear off. I don't think so because at <laughs> that point. a forgotten moment. I think because we already knew Tyson was kind of a lunatic when that happened. Like he was, he was, he, this was after his prison stint, right? When he bit Holyfield's ear was after he was in prison. Like I think it was more, I think it was more unlikely Tyson losing to Douglas than, than <laughs> it's funny to say this, than Tyson biting off Evander Holyfield's ear. I got it. Uh-huh. Magic Johnson, oh, HIV. That's a good call. Because yeah. that was like a, wait, straight people can get this? Because yeah. I, know, I know what the narrative was and about I don't think, HIV I don't think, back in the day. But people were like, well, well, I think whenever they realized, whenever they heard Magic, people probably they, thought, they didn't think he was straight. Right. Yeah. Because uh, that, that's probably one. Uh, sudden death, Len Bias dying, I, I know for people yeah. in Boston, is, is, is certainly up there. Um. But no, you know what? I I bet I bet Magic's is number one. Magic's up there. Like that that was incredibly stunning. It was. I mean, this was at the time still the face of basketball. Like Michael Jordan was starting to take it away, yeah. but he, it was still he was still very much Magic Johnson. Right. Yeah, that one's up there. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Most stunning things that have happened in sports. Paulie, every Astros starting pitcher, with with maybe the exception of Justin Verlander, has given you reason for serious concern. How concerning is that? And also. What do you think about wives making excuses for pitchers that get hammered like J.P. French yesterday? It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. You're hooked up with it. You hooked up with it. You decided to marry it. I told you I wasn't into it. You said it didn't matter.